Hi, this is Ash Alder with the Wizard's Respite. This is the Wizard's Respite Sanctorum, uh, where we go on and talk about all things TTRPG and and gaming and often digress into all kinds of nerd nerddoms out there. Um, today we're uh, joined again with a guest. Uh, it's going to be, as always, uh, Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. Um, but today we also have Bill, the... Uh, what, what do what do we call him? Um, <laughs> What's, uh, on, on, on old handle? man, uh, on old man gaming, he's the build master general. That's uh, <laughs> build master general. His official term. <laughs> his official his official uh, uh, nameplate is build master general on old man gaming. Yeah, don't um, get excited. I'm not nearly as high prestige as the last guest. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Steph was um, really cool. It was that was a good show to to run, um, but I'm very happy to have uh, Phil have you on the show here, Phil. Um, you know, we uh, for anybody who maybe hasn't seen the other shows that we've done um, on on the old man gaming and has been produced there and loaded to um, the Wizards Respite. Uh, Phil also plays with us on those on those games uh, on those live streams. Uh, so it's really cool to sit down and have like a a conversation about this with uh, with you here today. Um, yeah, and I think sure. our topic we're just going over a second ago uh, is going to be sort of new to gaming, uh, new how to get into gaming a little bit, uh, pitfalls, tips, tricks, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, jump right in. Um, so, uh, where where do you guys want to start with this? Should we pick <laughs> up where we're just the thread we we were? I I think we over? should. I think we should talk about. Uh, well, since Phil's the honored guest, I think we should talk about Phil's opening experiences with gaming, how he got into it, that sort of thing. It's a good idea. Good right. idea. Um, yeah. So I wasn't. Uh... Zach has been called the Nerd Pied Piper, <laughs> and uh, I, I had never been into any of that this until maybe I was twenty five ish. I'm thirty two now, so um, but I had only ever played uh, Zach games. He's always made his own systems, or we've played a few. Uh, uh, like real systems like uh we played uh savage worlds savage and yeah. trying to think we've played like some old what was that old star wars system uh the d6 one yeah west end's d6 star yeah wars. west end yeah. that was a good system but most of my gaming experience had been on basically homebrewed systems and uh i grew to really like it and then kind of my struggle, which I have recently gotten over, was actually finding uh, groups to play with outside of just, you know, the, the typical, we used to have a monthly session at, well, first it was at Zach's house and then it was at mine. Um, we live close to each other. And, uh, yeah, finding groups outside of there was a bit of a struggle uh for me for a while and uh but it's been opening up i've met a lot of cool people 
online like Wiz and got into one of his um, groups with his friends and family. It's and... a lot of fun having you in that game, by the way. Yeah, it's a fun um, game. That was my first foray into, uh, technically, into D&D 5e. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of where I'm from on this. I was never your, like, uh, I've heard these two talk about how they've been playing since they were kids and, and stuff. That wasn't that wasn't me. I was more of the, uh, eh, I don't know, the stereotypical athlete, I guess, in school. And uh, not not like a dickhead or anything. I just played sports. <laughs> you know, you no more than he is right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just wasn't in uh, a group of, around a group of people that played this kind of stuff. I was always a closet comic book nerd. That is the one thing I have... Yeah. Uh, ha- have had my whole life pretty much, and, but and now, these days it's—I don't know. Everybody wants to be a, a comic book nerd or a, a play D and D or do all this kind of stuff. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've definitely talked about that before. I think that there is a there's a change in the culture when it comes to like nerd stuff. The, the nerd stuff used to not be cool, and now it's very cool thanks to like Critical Role and other. St- you know, places like that, it's it's much more mainstream. You know, they make movies out of them now and stuff, and it's like, like you know, I I watch reality TV with my wife, um, and, uh, you know, we watch some of the terrible ones like Love Island and stuff, and, like, it always, like, makes me, like, old man nerd rage when, like, one of these, like, girls or dudes on there is like, oh, I'm a nerd, like, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my God, if this had been 10 years ago... Like, and anybody had said that in your presence, you would have, like, destroyed them mentally, you know? Like, it's, uh, uh, but now it's almost like a badge of honor, which I think, uh, I think is good on a whole. Obviously, I'm still cranky about it, but I'm cranky about everything, so I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, I agree, and that it, it definitely, as a whole, is good. Um, so you were saying that you you were kind of saying there was some gatekeeping going on with the nerd a little bit. Yeah, what I was saying to them is I, I felt like, especially, I've noticed it the most where I just tried to go into, like, random gaming stores, you know, and find a group. And it felt like, you know, the uh, I was saying to them, the, the stereotype of, like, the jock who won't let the nerd hang out with them. Well, it, it almost felt like the opposite way around. Like, I was now yeah. being bullied for being the, I don't know, I'm just a normal guy. I, 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 I don't know. I want to get into it. Let me, let's open yeah. the door. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think that's 100% right. I've noticed that a lot from the outside, look, uh, from the inside looking out, and like, that's something that always frustrates me too is you spend a lot of time I've spent a lot of time in like fringe uh fringe cultures, you know, like like not cultures, but you know what I mean, like the nerd stuff yeah. or even like the juggalos, the ICP people and like they they always preach this like anybody can come here, but then like if somebody shows up <laughs> in a suit you know what I mean? Or like uh, a, a, a Carhartt hat. Like it, it's immediately like everybody shuts down. Like there's a wild cat in the room and they don't know <laughs> how to deal with it. And like, <laughs> I think part of that is because, you know, 
gaming on a whole, and I don't want to put any, I don't want to put all gamers in a box, definitely not, but I think fundamentally it comes from an introverted place, so very often you end up with this, like, mentality of, like, there's a new thing in the room, I don't know how to deal with it, so I shut down, sort of thing, um, and it does end up being very gatekeepy. And we, we've talked about it before, Wiz, not to eat up the talking space, but like even the games themselves, I felt kind of used to be written in the 80s very gatekeepy. Like it was like, well, if you don't know math, you, you ain't getting into this thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I felt like that was from that kind of almost mentality of like, you know what yeah. I mean? You have to work to get into some some games um, because there there's a, the the barrier to entry is how hard it is to learn the game sometimes yeah. and how much time it takes. These games, once you got them down, they're not hard. Uh, mm -hmm. At least, um, most of them aren't anymore. Right. Um, I still am, and there's going to be a whole group of of nerds out there that are going <laughs> to hate me for saying this. Bring it. I'm still. I'm not a fan of Thacko. Okay. Thacko sucks. I will be the hardcore one. Bring your pitchforks to me. Oh. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's overcomplicated. <laughs> it's the dumbest system that ever been. It's ever been. Why make yeah. it that complicated? Oh, Thacko's the worst. Thacko is gatekeepy. Just in the set, it's like we're going to take this very simple system. We're going to make it so complicated that if you don't have a physics degree, you're not going to fucking understand <laughs> this shit. I hate Thacko. I hate Thacko. Come at me, internet. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't do Thacko. Um, now, Phil, you've never you've never had the horrors of Thacko, right? You've never played no. the old old school D and D or any no. of the OSR stuff. No, not at all. I know it has something to do with zero. That's a, that... armor class zero. Yeah, That's honestly, what it for. I don't like Zach. You you can uh, you can tell me. Um, if you agree with this or not, I don't think we should describe it because that would be the entire show. No. Like we'd have to get out like a a, a whiteboard and draw lines Dude, and like that. Wiz, I'm for I'm almost forty two years old and I've been playing role playing games for twenty plus of those years and I'm not even sure that I could explain it properly. I know. No. With the exception think... of remembering what the acronym stands for, which is insane. Right. right off the bat, it's a five-character acronym that includes a number. <laughs> like, even the acronym's complicated. <laughs> oh, I, God, I yeah. think Zach had attempted in, like, a five-minute thing to explain it to me once, and it went right. I was like, yeah, whatever, that sounds dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So there's yes. a reason why, like, that, that I think... Um, was that, that in uh, advanced D&D &D or... Yeah. Okay. Advanced that was what I learned at. Second edition. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what I learned on. That was my first game. That's where all the 90s um, kids learned on, man. Basically, there was, there yeah. was no rules light stuff like Fate Core or even Savage Worlds back then. It was all like... It was all like a book of complicated numbers and percentages, or you fucked right off. Like that yeah. was that was it, man. Yeah, but even like Palladium system is way easier than that go. I agree. Like I will still say Palladium is a extremely complicated system that seems to purposely leave things out almost yeah. so that like if you haven't role played before, you're not gonna get it, sort of thing. And I love Palladium, obviously. We do a stream of it, right. but yeah. That's a that's a really good point. Like the way that they yeah. have structured various things, 
Um, just you have to, it makes you fill in more gaps yeah. than like AD&D uh, did. But AD&D had just like so much so complicated much. stuff. Yeah, you're not reading and now that today, um, but versus that today, like, you know, like you were saying, uh, Savage, um, Savage Worlds. I was going to say Savage Sun. Thank you. Savage Worlds, um, and, um, Fate Core, Fate Core is not that hard to pick up at all. No. Um, now I haven't played Savage Worlds yet. I definitely want to. That's on my list. That's a good like, one. It's fun. Like, it's fun. It's easy. Over that one. It, it looks easy. like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it has to be mainly for role players, though, uh, because I have noticed a couple of things in Fate Core that are a little bit breakable, and I couldn't remember offhand to quote it because it's been so long since I've played it, but there's a couple of the, like... They're not perks. They're called something else that, like, if you take them in the right order, you're like, oh, I can't ever die, you know? So you, right. have, to, you have to really have role players for that sort of thing. But still, like, they're more rules light. They're more towards that. That just didn't exist when we were kids. But still, uh, I don't know where we were going. That's well, the thing, though, with yeah, those even. games, though, if you're looking to get into them, you just have to, and it might take you some time, but you got to find um, a group that you jive with, too. Because you can have, you can end up in a group with a bunch of guys that uh, are just power gamers and aren't really interested in role-playing. You can end up in guys in games with guys that don't give a crap about combat at all and just, like, role-playing. And then, uh, you know, it's just, you got to find almost uh what your style and what you're looking for in ttrpgs jives with and it might take you some time and you might try some some groups and, and it, it doesn't work and and you just got to be okay with that 100 percent um and it's i think what helps a lot with that is talking to the game master um for me, uh, especially if it's the brand new player that's never jumped into it, I really try more to talk to them at the first session yeah. uh, when we're building characters, more about the kinds of things that they will be doing in the game as opposed to just structural mechanics of how the game works. Right. Um, yeah. Because of exactly what you just said, Phil. New players, they don't even know to ask the questions. Yeah. You know, they don't it even should, know what it, kind of place now they have. It should be an orientation, not a class, you know. That's yeah. a good way to put it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I completely agree with that philosophy. And you are going to get into some weird games. I, I will say, quick shout out to like TTRPG Twitter, which I'm always raving about. It's the only... I mean, it's dying now because it's not Twitter anymore, but whatever. Uh, the, yeah. the Still, like, that was one of the things, the catalyst, you know, like, I met you and, and uh, you know, we started playing online together. Uh, I think the use of the internet and how good, uh, you know, video technology is now and stuff like mm -hmm. that for, like, internet stuff. I mean, really, the biggest problem with the group is getting everybody together in a room. Like, that's yeah. the problem. It's like, you got to find time. you got to find time yeah. around the family. You've got to meet at a place. You've got to put a different family out, kind of, because you're going to have a ton of people in that house, you know? 
Uh, so, so it's tricky. It's very hard to do live sessions. I only have one live session right now, but I've got like four freaking digital sessions and that's because digital, it's like, all right, well, my, my kid and wife go to bed at this time. Let's all meet online, you know? And, and like, yeah, we broadcast them for show purposes, but like there is something about that, that I've come to kind of love. Like I wish there had been the level of the internet that we have now back in the day, just because it's made it so much easier to congregate as a group. Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, when, uh, now I will say that I, there are tips I think to get out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you want to meet people and, and it can be tricky. Um, because like you like I I got out of TTRPGs for a while for that reason. I mean, it was hard to like yeah. keep up with the hobby. It, I got super busy. It was a point in my life where I was basically working 7 days a week, so, you know, there was no there my free time was was maybe getting a game controller in my hand and and zoning, you know? Um but when I've got to a point where I could start looking for people Meetup.com was actually really helpful to find TTRPG game tables. And I would say Meetup is good to find the type of table that's not as gatekeepy. Because if they're on Meetup, they're they're just looking for people. Anybody can can find a Meetup game. They're expecting new players. Right. Um, And actually, I jumped back into that game. That was... uh, uh, an AD&D game. I went back because that it was what I was most used to. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I played at that table for about a year. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, life happened again. And yep. I take a break for that table. And not that long later, I started a 5e game and kind of started just building more and more, you know, friends that way. Right. Um and if you go, I, I was the DM. Basically, for me, um, at that point, um, they at, people in my, my friend groups uh, just knew that I was into D&D. And so they asked me to, to DM that game. Um, and that's the other way of kind of getting into this, <laughs> into this uh, hobby. Be the GM. Be the DM. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but you're never going to do it. Beware. Beware, Um, because then you are stuck as the GM forever. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, You're right. There should be a a, uh, a caveat there, like a a, a warning, a surgeon warning general kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Know what you're getting into. <laughs> once you once you start creating the worlds, you uh, you are the world. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, I don't think a new player like that. That's probably I don't know if a new player can just jump into that that's that it. GM role. I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but I know I, I suck at it. I don't like. <laughs> I I like doing it, and I don't at the same time. Like I don't think I'm very good at it. So I I agree and disagree with you at the same time. Um, so first off, no. Ideally, a new player that's never jumped into it before should not uh, jump into being a DM straight off the bat. They should play it as a player first. They should have that experience for one, and that they're going to be a bit, 
it's almost impossible to like really know what you're doing yeah. straight out the bat if you've never been a player. On the other side of it, sometimes you don't got a choice. Well, and it's it's a, probably a different story too. If you have a whole group of new players, yeah. then yeah. cool, you can go ahead and jump in. I've but heard of it, a lot of people who like watched Critical Role and then no, they were yeah. like, "Oh, it's a series of us." We like we wanted to do it, so we went out and bought the game. We voted on who was going to be the game master, and we played it from there. You know, yeah. That'd yeah. be fine, but don't, don't go as your first time telling a bunch of veterans you're going to DM for them because, uh, I don't know, I think you're going to probably wait not too happy. It's going to be oh. rough. Gonna yeah, be rough. you're going to get stressed in that game, especially if it's, if it's cranky veterans because there are a few yeah. of those cranky veterans yeah. out there. They're going to be correcting every mistake, and if you're just brand new, you're going to be making a lot. Even if you played as a player, but this is your first time being a GM, you're going to be making a lot. Yeah. So you need to let, I don't know, make sure that if you're doing that, you're with, like you said, a group of new players or at very least a crowd that has the right attitude. You know, the table's got to have that accepting attitude that this is a new guy, like if, new to the to the GM seat. If you're, if you're a starting game master from a dude myself who has game mastered many a games i'm going to give give the most important the most important two tips one of them i've said a million times that is no matter how much you want it to be rock and roll it's not it's jazz they're always going to do something different and you got to roll with it so don't go heavy on your like plot writing because they're just they're going to decide to kill somebody in a bar and that's going to be the whole story uh number 2 and this is a big one you your your way goes and and don't get me wrong that doesn't mean like don't let them do stuff in the game i mean like you have to have the confidence to be like no i'm not going to let you roll a certain number of dice to take lava damage and write it away because it's in the rules i'm the game master i've decided that lava kills you instantaneously like you there are going to be times where you have to just be like this is what's happening because this is the way the game is. Uh, because if you go into it unsure, um, especially with veterans, they're definitely going to kind of roll over you, especially if they're rules mongers, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you got to be careful with that. And, and again, I'm not saying go in there and like lay down the law, like talk quietly, carry a big stick. Like That's not what I'm saying. Like Let them play. It's a power trip for them. But like you, you definitely want them to understand... <laughs> That you are the authority when it comes to the rules and whatnot. I on the uh, and I do just want to add to the the subject of of finding groups. If you're a game store out there, uh, and you're having like, there are a lot of game stores on Facebook that have groups attached to them, uh, open groups that you could just get into and start talking to the people on mm. Facebook. It makes people way more easy with you uh, than when you show up to the game store uh, and just solicit yourself sort of thing. Uh, I, I'm not saying that the gatekeeping is right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like a Critical Hit is a game store in Cleveland Heights that I like very much. I know the people who started it. They're cool guys. Uh, and if you talk to the guys behind the counter, they're always nice no matter who you are. But... There's always games going, and it's the same thing. They're kind of looking at everybody who comes in, like, oh, no, 
are they going to steal our character sheets? Uh, but they, <laughs> they have a really active Facebook group that's directly attached to their store page. So when you go to the store page, you could just click on that group. You could see what everybody's talking about. And they're constantly like, oh, we need somebody for this Shadowrun game we're starting. I want to run this Star Wars game. I want to run this D&D game. And if you go, hey, I'm new to this, whatever, uh, jump in here. It's just another way that you can kind of get into the live action games. The only other way I would say is just TTRPG Twitter is great. Discord, you know, find internet games, you know. Yeah. 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 I'd say there's risks and challenges with um, any any method you go down. Yeah, like, cause yeah. the internet games, there's a lot there's a lot more access because people can, like you were saying, be working around schedules. They can be all over the world. You can find you can find you have the whole world to look for a table. Yeah. But at the same time, there's also a lot of tables out there. There, there, there is you know gatekeeping within the community as in you know you're not one of us to, to some degree yeah definitely and and that sort of rude troll-ish thing um and i don't i think it's minor but they're there and you're going to run into them more when you're looking at an entire world full of game tables versus one small community you know at a game store you know right yeah, yeah. the other thing uh you guys had mentioned critical role. Uh, I'd say to new players is like, yeah, critical role is great. It's fun to watch, and it's it's great that it gets more people involved in the hobby. But please, God, do not go in to your first game expecting critical role. Yeah, those guys are the those people that do those shows are professional voice actors that like that's their job that they get paid a good amount of money to do they're also severely produced shows who knows how actually live they even are like i'm not i know they're 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 <laughs> they're filmed live but that doesn't mean that that group doesn't get together beforehand and say, hey, this is the outline. It, it's entertainment. Yeah. Right. It, it is not, you're not, just don't, don't, uh, all I'm saying is don't go in expecting your DM to be Matt Mercer because you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And that doesn't mean it's not going to be fun. Just don't, don't go in with that mindset that that's how it's supposed to be. Because right. that's a very small minority of how the games are gonna go. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually like truly been at like a legitimate game table that just didn't feel way more organic. It didn't yeah. it went any way like like a, a television show would have. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And you know, sometimes that's part of the fun. Like mm -hmm. that's actually the one advantage to to playing in person of course it's it's much easier and more convenient to play online but the one thing i will say playing in person at game tables part of the fun is just the the, the table talk that happens in yeah. between the game too yeah. like that's a big part of the experience yeah yeah Absolutely. i i would completely agree with that i'd also go ahead and go a little bit further and say anybody out there trying to start a game don't try to be matt mercer either like be your own no. game master do your own thing like plagiarize cool stuff but don't try to be another game master don't try to tell a story in a certain way just do your own thing you're gonna have the most fun 
when you're doing your own thing, you know? Absolutely. And uh, to that point, you know, and to the kind of to the point that you mentioned earlier about, you know, being strong at the table as a GM, when you say something works a certain way, it works that way. Uh, also, not railroading your mm-hmm. characters, your your players into a certain path um, is also really important. Being flexible, and it's kind of a balancing act between those two things. So it takes a little bit of practice, yeah, um, because it does have to. The game has to be structured a certain way mechanically. But it's also, you don't want to write a, a novel and expect people to play your novel, you know? Like, that's not what this game is. That's why um, I'm not a good DM. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think people need to remember uh, that gaming, that role-playing gaming, at its core, is a power trip. It's, it's, it's a way for you, as a person, to not be you for two, four hours, however you're, long you're playing. And it's a way for that person who you're playing to be, in essence, I don't want to say much cooler because everybody's a cool person, but, like, they're going to have superpowers or, like, pick locks or, like, throw axes and stuff. I can't do that shit. Uh, <laughs> but, like, but like, so, like, they're going to be, like, that's why you're there. You're like, I get to, for this six hours, be a barbarian warlord or I get to be... John Wick, or I get to be, you know, a, a space pilot. And, like, as a game master, remember, you're not there to tell your story. You're there to tell their story. And you're there to make them... That's why they're there. So if you constantly, like, no, don't do that because this is my story, you're going to alienate them. You want them to feel like, yeah, like every moment you can possibly get into it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And if that is something that's a little bit of an issue, like getting like too much into the overarching storyline, um, one of the things I think would be the best way to help with that for a new GM who's maybe struggling a little bit with this is instead of writing like too much detail, write your villain, a couple of NPCs, yes, but keep it short, and just what the villain's trying to do, yeah. what he, where he is, he's in this castle. He's mm-hmm. trying to make a potion that will make him the most powerful sorcerer in the universe. Yep. That's it. That's all you need. And then write some challenges for it. Um, on every dungeon, when they go in there, write three entrances. Um, write a couple of challenges. And, and that's it. Don't, yeah. don't think about anything else. It's just the bad guy that the good guys have to go kill. Yeah. If you're a brand new GM and you're struggling, that... You do that, and and you'll feel a lot more comfortable, and just go in there expecting to do whatever, because your players are going to be insane anyways. They're going to go off the. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to stay too long on the GM thing. I want to get back to Phil and his experience with player, but I do want to just add to that too. Like when I decide to game master a game for people anymore, I used to write novels and characters and everything. Now what I do is I take each character, I take their backstory, and I write out three or four threads of stuff that I'm going to throw at them in the first, like, half hour or whatever. Uh, this person's going to meet a girl. Uh, that girl's going to be really nice to him. Uh, bad guys are going to attack that girl. Let's see what he does. You know, that's, that's it. And then I write out the stats for the bad guy, the girl, and any other characters that would be there. 
Uh, and that, that's all the preparation I do because something's going to happen in that that's going to just click in your brain and you're going to be like, oh, now we can go to here from there. And uh, the, right. like that's the best way to do it because when you start sitting down and crafting these massive dungeons and these massive like uh, plot lines and stuff, uh, much in the way that Critical Role feels like it is, um, you end up like really far off course really fast and then you don't know how to react to it and you've spent all this time working on this stuff that people don't get to see like save yourself the hassle and the trouble a couple of threads per character throw the and if it's a group it's even easier like okay here's the group this is where they're gonna be this is how they met uh let's see what we're gonna throw at them today you know and then this is what i'm gonna throw at them these are the characters for that and then just go from there you know so so yeah so actually back to to uh, like you're saying Jake, uh, uh, Zach <laughs> uh, back to Phil um, you're so so explain to us real quick um, because I don't think we said it yet on this show your handle the oh. the build master general oh oh yeah so um on the if you're familiar with old man gaming's channel it kind of came from i'm really big into uh in, into making builds like uh i don't see i don't consider myself like when it comes to TP, trpg i wouldn't call myself a power gamer um but i just like doing builds that are very optimal where this skill works really well in conjunction with the like you know, finding those pieces that work together. Yeah, yeah, and, and things that stack off of each other. Because in video games, what I'll do is just, uh, like I used to play Borderlands all the time, and I'd make builds that there were these specific things that you were supposed to do as a group of four, like a raid, and I would make a build that could solo that raid, basically by doing that same thing and that was what kind of drew me to the ttrpgs when i started playing with zach is i realized oh there's an aspect of that um inside of this and, and what i will say is as a new player it just takes that one thing um for you to find to catch you and and the other stuff will come like I think in my head, I think I'm starting to become a decent role player, but that's pretty new for me. Like, um, I'm, I'm sure Zach could testify to even just a couple years ago. I was, uh, um, I was really forefront when we would have combat, but I kind of took a back seat to a lot of dialogue parts of the game and it was just because i wasn't comfortable with it at the time and uh but it, it came with time and i think i'm starting to be pretty well-rounded in both um at least i oh, yeah. feel like i am i i definitely feel like you are so <laughs> like i play in two games with you and i dm a game that you're playing in with me and in all of those games you've been a, a an excellent role player i've really enjoyed um riffing back and forth with yeah, your characters um that that is fun where it's improv it's all on the fly and it's all being recorded at the same time so we screw up or do something weird the entire internet knows most of the time it's it's, it's live stream <laughs> 
Um, but um, when you came in, like one thing I noticed, you know, because I when you first came into my t- uh, game table uh, as a when I was the one I'm DMing for, yeah, um, I noticed you bringing in your backstory and you know, your character kind of pushing other characters a little bit and then backing off a little bit, and you're feel, feeling out the other players mm-hmm. as much as you were their characters. And that makes a great um, a great role player because you're looking for ways to riff with, with your friends. You know, you're looking to make friends with them. And I think that's something that uh, is good for a lot of uh, new players to know and think about a little bit. Um, is is you know kind of being having that sensitivity and getting to it, but like like you said, apparently, I, I didn't even know that um, role playing wasn't wasn't your forte no. initially no. because you're doing a good job at now now that we're playing. <laughs> no, you can ask Zach. A lot of the games we used to play, like back when we had a group that, that didn't bail every five minutes. Um, I, I don't think I role played all that much, did I, Zach? Uh, I, don't I tried. You, I don't I, think you did bad. I, I will say this. Here's here's how I say it. I have been present for the entirety of Phil's role playing <laughs> career, with the exception of the D and D game he is now playing with you, which I find really cool that he he's playing his own. And that sounds arrogant of me, but I for whatever reason I find that really cool. The thing is, I will say this. I think you definitely tried, but your initial characters were you. They, mm-hmm. they were you. with Which like is going to happen, power. I think. Yes, yes. And that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. And if you're out there and you're a new player, uh, and you're not exactly sure what this whole role-playing thing is about, then uh, uh, that's a good idea. Just make like take something you like about the game and then just like kind of superimpose it on your own personality until you get used to things. I don't... I wouldn't say that you took a back seat on things. There were definitely some emotional things. Like, you didn't have as much emotional stuff happen to you. Whereas the, the other guys who I had been playing with for years, uh, you know, were dealing with, like, dead girlfriends and stuff, you know. Whereas yeah. your character was pretty straightforward. Um, but the the thing is, is, like, you today... Like, you're an amazing role player. I I don't even think that, like, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit when you do say that, like, uh, I think I'm kind of good now. Like, I watched, like, from the first character you had, the weaponsmith. I do not remember his name, but the weaponsmith in the gun. That was your first character ever, which was basically just you who could jailbreak guns. Mm -hmm. uh, To the (laughs) game... The game that I played with you the other night where we were playing a one-shot with a slasher movie and you played two potheads and you played them (laughs) perfectly. Honestly, I was nervous because that game had no build elements. So when you were coming, I was like, I don't know if he's even going to like this game because there's no real... It's a very one-shot... It's a game called Slasher Flick. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Wiz. I've heard of it. I haven't played it, but I've heard of it. It's fun. It's fun. You make two characters, a primary and a secondary. It's a one-shot thing, and you just try to survive the killer. And the killer is super powerful and and wipes you out like almost instantaneously. The character's really easy to create. Uh, and there's no real build mechanics to it. There's a couple of things you select. But like to, to say it has a build system would be giving it a lot of credit that it, that, like, in that area. It's a light so, game. Yeah, I was not sure that Phil would even enjoy that. And, like, 
He played for six hours, and he had an entire conversation with a homeless man as a pothead, <laughs> and they just, they, he was high talking about a bush. And, like, that for me, like, I was just sitting there, like, i blown away. So, like, you're, you're a completely different role player than you were. I, never, I would never say that you were ever bad. I would just say that, like, your initial characters were you, and now you play just wild characters that you're like, I'm going to try this and see if I can pull it off, you know? Yeah, I can I can see that. I, I, I'm with Zach on this one. You don't give yourself enough credit because, like I said, yeah. our riffing is a lot of fun on all the games that we're playing on. Well, Roswell yeah. and Nellis are amazing too. Like they're so yeah. much fun to 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 watch them, and I I do love the streaming aspect of it too. Just because I don't know, I, there's just something about it that I love that it's that the whole that we're recorded. Like, yeah, even if it's just for ourselves, it, yeah. it is cool to go back and, and watch. Yeah, like I, I wish I could have recorded all my sessions my entire life because there's just something about it that gives it more weight to me that it's like, oh, this is the story. Like anybody wants to see the story can see the story from start to finish. Uh, and I think that that's just so damn cool. Um, but all that to say, like, I think you will grow. And whatever is your hook in the beginning, like, the other stuff will come. Like, yeah. like Isaac said, I used to just play myself. And it was because I didn't, you know, that's all I knew how to do. But, and now, even still, when I make, like, these characters for for the longer campaigns, like, um, well, Roswell, not so much because he's a big freaking reptile, but, so that's hard to, like... But, but it's hard to uh, do a build for Palladium because it's all fucking random, basically. Yeah, but both in in, in Wizards Five E game and in Zach's game, um, my I still tend to build my characters with like beliefs I have or things that have happened to me, and then I just twist them to to ten, you know, to fit those worlds. Yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. But yeah. But then it, it so it allows you to have familiarity with the character that you build, but not be just you in yeah. in, in the Middle Ages or in outer space. Yeah, you know. So, and, and the other thing um, that you'll notice, like, or at least that I've noticed recently, when you start jumping into games with other people and stuff, much how Wiz said how like I feel out that group is. You'll start noticing, surprisingly, believe it or not, Zach and Wiz have a lot of similarities in their GM um, style. (laughs) No, no, you do. Um, But it doesn't just have to be the GM. Like the players in Wiz's game are completely different than anyone I've played with from the standpoint of like, uh, I've noticed like some of them are very analytical and hang on something you say. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember. I don't know if you remember like the whole like when you were talking about high tide. Oh yeah. But they were airships, and and <sighs> I'm like I'm like he's just saying that tonight. Uh, to tonight is high tide, which is when this thing is gonna happen. But everyone was hanging on to high tide. Yeah. And so I had to, like, you just notice that players are different into what they grasp onto. And you don't, like, that that was one of those times where I noticed, like, 
uh, I'll just back off a little bit and let them, like, you'll learn the people you play with. Just like the, the group I just joined with Zach, I can tell that DM is, a, from what I am gathering, much different than either of you two from the standpoint that his games almost seem like sandboxy to me. Yeah. From what, from the talks I've been given to him, like how, how Wiz, how you were saying, like you know, you have a plot and you don't want to railroad them, but you want to like maintain them on on that plot without them being on rails. His game, I I have a feeling like you could just yeah go go off, and and the plot becomes like is you know the plot is what you make it. So it's just. You're going to find different styles in both GMs and in players. And the more you play, I think the the more or the easier time you'll have to adapt. Just like I have an easier time um, in the role playing department if the people I'm playing with are role playing, too. Yeah. yeah. Like when everyone starts making voices and stuff, then it's almost like a. Even though I, I'm not like the greatest at like uh, you know making different voices for my characters, but it makes it easier for me to try. Really good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it, but he did. <laughs> but, but but like that whole group at, at um, it's Asylum on uh, Zach's channel yeah. is who runs that yeah. game. But that whole group, they're super good at that kind of stuff. Like there was a character who. He didn't even have Tourette's. His character pretended he had Tourette's because he had anxiety. And the guy was just, it was funny as hell. And then you had Zach as a player, you know, being a bro guy, just yelling, having a fight <laughs> with uh, with another character. And, and, and when the whole group, uh, maybe it's a self-conscious thing, but when the whole group is is going all out, it gives me the the go-ahead to go all out. Well, and I think, and, yeah. yeah, there's something to say about that. Like, if you're if you're the only one going all out and everybody's looking at you like you got three heads, <laughs> yeah. like, you're not going to keep doing it, right? Like, it's, it's you're, you're always going to play by the rules of the herd, so to speak, and, uh, uh, what, or the pack, or whatever, you know. Or the table. The table. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's who, what you're going to play by, so, like, it depends. I, I will say, like, I've had my share of bad games. I don't know if I've talked about it before on here, but there was a Star Wars game that I was in for three sessions that was just the absolute worst experience that I've ever had with TTRPGs ever. He brought out a map for when you were in role-playing situations. So, like, you had to, like, make your character move on a map with the figurine. And I was like, dude, you got to stop. This is insane. Like In role-playing? in in role like it was a bar it was a bar and and he he brought out a map that was a bar of like a bar from Star Wars and then he he put every npc figurine on like this is a serving droid this is a a waiter a waitress this is a barman and then he put all us everywhere and then he'd be like all right i'm going to go talk to the droid and he just look at me like move your figure like oh okay like do you just want to play board <laughs> games like what is happening right now what, yeah. what's even worse about that is all i wanted to do was be a pilot in the game and this is something that speaks to the the game master let your players be what they want to be 
uh, and make it cool for them. All I wanted to do was be a pilot in the game. He wanted Jedis. He very clearly wanted Jedis, but he was like, oh, yeah, we'll make that work. He didn't make that work. I spent two sessions in this, like, Jedi storyline, and then finally I got to a ship. I was super excited, and he's the map guy, so I'm like, well, at least the maps will be fun when we get to the ships. No, that was the one thing he decided to do theater of the mind, and it was literally my ship trading punches with his ship. Like, you would <laughs> roll oh. a hit, and then it would be AC because it was D20. Star Wars would be like, AC, okay, he missed me. I'm, I'm rolling the hit. Like, do you want me to tell you the maneuvers I'm doing? He's like, no, 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 let's just roll it out. Like, <laughs> what's fun about oh, this, man? What's yeah. fun about this in any way, shape, or form? That was the last session I went to. I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. But, like, it's one of those things where, like, it really depends on the table that you're at and what you're, like, willing to get into and how you're willing to enjoy it. And uh, that was just not my cup of tea at all. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, so if you're going all out at a table... <laughs> And everybody's looking at you like you're a crazy person. You're going to stop going all out. That's for sure. I will yeah. say that about the garage game. Everybody goes all out all the time. <laughs> it is yeah, a very loud group. I go home horse all the time, especially for Slash Reflect, because everybody's always a character that's screaming. Like, I'm already thinking of, because he plays it for the two months, September, October, because he's a big horror guy. So my next character in that is going to be a very soft-spoken person because I just I can't <laughs> yell as much as I yelled the last time. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> and yeah, the um, the other thing uh, I do did want to say if if you're a newer player who maybe is getting into it from watching some like the critical role stuff and and all that. Um, the other thing is is if you find a group that you jive with. Do not not play because they're not playing D and D. Yeah, there are other systems. There are sometimes like there's things I like Wiz's game, but there's things I don't like about D and D. But I'm playing because I have fun in the game. So don't uh, pigeon your hole yourself into systems. If you get the opportunity to play with a group of people that you think are cool. And that and and that you uh, you know you jive with, um, just go with it. Just they'll be willing to help you learn the system, and, and don't be afraid to try, whether it be Fate Core or Savage Worlds or D and D or just play, because in the end, like the one thing I've noticed is like I was a little nervous uh, on getting into Wizards D and D game because I knew some of these people. Like, especially, what is it, Magrath? She's like a D&D dictionary. And I was like... Oh, that was, uh, that's uh, actually... Um, um, one of the other players was a D&D dictionary. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get, get your meaning. Yeah, at first it was intimidating, but I'm like, you know what? Once you know a system, like any system... They they all have common threads, so you'll yeah. pick it up. It's it's not that big of a deal. And, well, and, and and there's better systems to start on than D and D. I'm not saying you can't start on D and D. Definitely not saying that. Like like you said, if you find a group that you like, but like definitely don't pigeonhole yourself because there are yeah. way easier systems to start on than D and D. That that I definitely say. Uh, there are much easier systems. D and D. Um, has a lot of things that 
are re I really enjoy D and D a lot. I like Five E. Um, even like uh, AD and D. There was I don't like that though. But there was a lot of things about AD&D that I really liked. I liked um, how proficiencies were something you could learn and progress in different ways as you grew. Because uh, right. it helped a little bit more with, like, builds. They can't um, see me, but this is what I liked about AD&D, guys. The, one of the greatest RPG books ever made. And you guys can't see me, but I'm holding up the original Monstrous Manual from, from the OG 90s... Uh, uh, advanced Dungeons and dragons this book is amazing you just read oh, yeah. this book you don't even need to worry about the system yeah um it it ha that it has a lot there's a lot in that system and there's a lot in i mean the number of weapons in that system yeah. is ungodly um but um you know it is a cha is a challenging system ad and d 5e is pretty challenging it's definitely not the easiest system to jump into it's way easier than than ad and D. um but then you have like other games like fate like you were saying that's 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 pretty smooth you know um you almost like i, I feel like you could almost just jump into a game and ask a few questions and start picking it up you know mm -hmm. well that's um, the one that you can go online and get the summary of the entire system and it's like 12 pages if i recall correctly like one of them they just give away i'm pretty sure it's fake core but like they just give away the base system uh, it's like with no advanced rules whatsoever but like there here's the system and it's like it's like something like 15 pages long and it's just like there you go um huh. Like that's that's how easy it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, even in the most complex games, there's probably like classes or or, or something that are a little easier to play. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, like in D and D, it it's way easier to play a fighter, let's say, than a paladin or a uh, a warlock or a, a sorcerer. Yeah. Like sorcerers can be pretty tricky because you have twin spell, you have all, you know, and you have, you have your spell slots to keep track of as well as your sorcerer points, and you know, there's 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 different skill levels within games too, and people can help point you into, you know, this one's a little more beginner friendly than than this one. Like, and if you were going to play five e. And you wanted to be a spellcaster, and it was your first time. Someone might say, "Hey, you might want to go for a warlock," because as far as spellcasters go, it's it's pretty simple. And and that's why five e or um, why why it's so important to talk to the GM or the DM yeah. beforehand, because they should be able to guide you in making those kind of decisions. You know, you're a brand new player. You walk in, say, "Okay." what kind of class is good for a brand new player um you really want to be a spellcaster then maybe even take like a paladin where you're mostly a fighter but you got a little bit of magic yeah you know yeah um and and the the gm should guide you in that direction to some degree um now let me ask you something phil um you were saying that you you didn't feel very confident in your um role-playing when you first started out uh zach and i are both think sitting over here thinking well like <laughs> that ain't true anymore yeah, you know like you're yeah. you're 
so is there anything that you can like think of that made you feel like you you hit up you had that aha moment that that light bulb go off is like oh maybe if i role play this way or something that just made it a little bit more comfortable for you like and you felt like okay so now i'm i'm, I'm getting it um i think it's gonna be different for everyone but honestly for me um it i think a lot of it was mental like um uh because you know how i uh said how i wasn't your nerd you know growing up and, and so i felt awkward um trying to um like do voices and and really put myself out there almost like self-conscious type thing yeah. that, that was what it was for me and then I think eventually I just realized, well, these other people do it. I, I can try, you know, and then as you tried that, um, you know, I, I can't pinpoint exactly, but just you, you grew into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think you could probably start the opposite way. Like if you were a theater kid or something and you really liked the role play aspect, but didn't, weren't that great at the combat you could take you you could start playing as a class that wasn't very combat focused and then you you could probably grow into it the opposite way too you know well and let's yeah. face it there's somebody at every table who knows all the rules so if you go in there and you just want to role play somebody's going to help you with the rules anytime the combat mm -hmm. comes up you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure um see uh can any other advice that you would give uh, Phil for new players, uh, since you that you've learned over the last several years of be going from a new player to an experienced player? Because like when I was a new player, I was twelve. Yeah, <laughs> um, I learned a lot of things just growing into being an adult. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like a lot, so many people right now are adults and trying to break into this hobby. Any 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 other pieces of advice you'd give them? I, I mean, I think I touched on everything. That most you just gotta find a group that you jive with. Don't be afraid to um, get out of your quote unquote comfort zone. And you know, as long as you're with people who you. Um, I don't want to say trust because some of them might be strangers to you, but um, are comfortable with, I guess, then just give it a shot. Like, what's the worst that happens? You look a little silly. Like, who cares? Everybody looks silly sometimes. That's good advice. Amen to that. That's good advice. Amen to that. 100%. I look silly literally 90% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, f physically, mentally, everything. Just silly. Like a little egg that walks around and cries about stuff, like seriously. <laughs> but it, it it is good though. You 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 get to meet a lot of people that are different than you. Um, you know, like even even as an adult, like you know, I work on cars, so I I the people I work with are they're they're pretty much all like-minded and stuff so when you get out and into these groups like this you get to you get to meet people who are different and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad but 
it, it helps you expand um uh and your expand your side. yeah and, and and um you yeah you also get um it can be almost uh uh what do you call it like perspective uh, like you get perspective on it yeah you get perspective and you, you don't want to use um uh, the games as a what why am i drawing a blank like when, when you go when when you go talk to somebody about your problems what's it called therapy <laughs> yeah you don't want to use the game as therapy but it can be therapeutic yes. to yeah. to pretend you're something else or or someone else it, it, but it's you playing that character and and i find that it can be a little bit therapeutic it helps to get a you know, when I'm going through something tough, it, it, it helps, uh, I think. Absolutely. I, I, I think it helps. I think just having the community helps. Mm -hmm. Like, w the reason why I got back into TTRPGs was because I was working myself to death. Um, and I needed to make friends. I mean, I all I was doing was, was work, work, work. And I w had no social life whatsoever. Like, it was just work or maybe i'd do something with my wife and i need to get out there and meet people yeah um this gave D D gave me back reminded me of what it was like to have like a, a friend group yeah um and and that just i i could never give it up now because you know it kind of it it made a big pivot in my life um because having friends i mean obviously it's i think i've mentioned this in another one of our shows like for a lot of guys, it's sort of known that it's men sometimes have a hard time making friends, like yeah. especially mm -hmm. when they get older, um, yeah. because they get so sucked into work, you know, and, yeah. and life. And we get crankier and too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more um, jaded. And then, and then and... it makes it even harder. Yeah. Um, and so I think you know these games that's important like it, it it's this having this these social in your uh interactions with people having these friends groups will expand your life you know it it, it decreases your blood pressure all of these yeah. studies have shown as much Th these games are good for that they're I, good for giving you this important you know quality to life yeah. kind of thing i want i want to go one further too uh one thing that i love about gaming is uh anytime I do have a hard time understanding a group or a belief system or something like that. I try to make a character that is that group or that belief system, and then I try and get into that headspace. And uh, that's always been a really valuable tool for me. Uh, it's allowed me to be more empathetic to people, beliefs, and places that I, I necessarily wouldn't have been beforehand. And it, yeah. you know, Phil had pointed out the whole jaded like jaded is a great word i think role-playing games kind of helps you keep from being too jaded you know what mm -hmm. i mean and get into that mind space of like my way or the highway because you're constantly trying to put yourself uh, especially if you play different characters or even if you're around people who are playing different characters it puts you into that mind space where you're like Oh, oh, maybe this is a different, you know what I mean? A different way of yeah. looking at it, a different way of perceiving it. And uh, it, I, I personally think that, like, the, the empathy I have, I can be directly related to, like, my 
role playing gaming and like being around role playing gaming and making characters and uh, trying to I don't pretend to be something I'm not. <laughs> it it helps oh. you understand the thing you're not, you know. A hundred percent. I never really thought about it that way, but that's such a great idea. Yeah. Like idea, you know, getting outside of your head and trying to be in the head of somebody else is what you're doing in this game. But if you make that somebody else, somebody that you don't understand, it yeah. forces you to really deeply depth. And how many times have you been at a table and you've seen one of your friends at, it's been me many times and just stop and think, okay, what would my character do in this yeah. situation? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Not me. What would my character do? How would my character feel about this? Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that's it's 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 definitely an interesting experience i'm playing a character right now and i don't want to go into the specifics of it but it is it the character has a quality that i've never had on a character ever before and i specifically wanted to play this character because i've never experienced that quality and just from the couple of sessions that i've played with it it's just given me so much more like perspective on that situation and it's kind of crazy how much of an effect that can have on you just trying to pretend you're somebody else. You know what I mean? Trying to pretend yeah. what that person yeah. goes through, you start to be like, oh, okay. Oh, maybe I get this a little bit better now, you know? And, and go for it when you have those opportunities. Yeah. Like, I, I did it um, on Astral Drive. Like, yeah. when, when I told Thaddeus to fuck off, um, you you know my character did i i wouldn't have done that in that situation i would have listened to the guy and heard his explanation but you know when you think like my character's perspective like yeah. that's what i think he would have done yeah yeah and and He's that changed yeah and that changed the whole like Zach can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Thaddeus was not supposed to come with us on that journey. I'm pretty sure Thaddeus was gonna come, wasn't he? I have the feel that he was gonna come. I don't want to give anything away, but I don't think this is gonna hurt anything. Thaddeus was 100% gonna go away, and uh, and just a second off that, when you did that and it was different, it made me think about what Thaddeus would feel. And it changed yeah. the the course of the game, irrevocably. Irrevocably, and I uh, think that that's uh, that's really cool. Like that's something you get from role playing. Where like, like it not only did it make Nellis more of a character, but it also made Thaddeus, who's an NPC, more of a character. You get more attached to him because all of a sudden he is vulnerable, and he has breaking points, and he has some factors that change. You know what I mean? And I think that that's yeah. Like, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, so when you have that opportunity, though, do to do something that you wouldn't do, but your character would do it. Yeah, definitely. Like, it might not be the best outcome, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I do have, like, a couple, not really a caveat. So <laughs> to add on that and to sort this of like, branch... Don't fuck my game up. Like, <laughs> no, not, well, a little bit that. So here's the thing. <laughs> um, one of my favorite characters I have ever played was a uh, cleric with an extremely low charisma score. I played him like a complete asshole. 
he had no bedside manner. He, if somebody got hurt, his healing word would be, "Go kick dirt on it," you know, <laughs> or "Stop crying. Crying's for sissies," you know. That's that's how he would convince other people to like. That's how he it off, bro. Them with healing. Um. So, but I was also very good at being a sensitive player while playing a very douchebag asshole character. Yeah, that's. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, that's that's the difference between you and your character, right? right. And 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 that's one of the things I think new players should be saying. a little aware of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't don't actually piss people off or like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, you still have to have decorum. <laughs> look for a way to play that character that doesn't interfere, and that was the, my point of a very big point that I try to maintain with that character. He was an asshole but nothing he did would interfere with what other players were trying to accomplish because yeah. it's their player, not their character. Does yeah, that make sense? I agree. However, I definitely, one of my all time favorite characters was in direct conflict with what, everything you just said. So, uh, uh, and ended up being <laughs> the bad guy. So I think that like there, there is certain exceptions to that rule, but you got to read the table on that yeah you know like shotgun mcgillicuddy is what i would say but i will but to be fair you were playing with a group of people that's been playing forever too well and and not only that after i did ruin their day the first time all of my choices from that point on furthered the storyline it's just it ended up getting further to the point where like i ended up becoming a bad guy but like my choices still help the game master get things done so i will agree with that i definitely think if you're gonna play an evil character like a bad guy character, you really need to talk to your game master beforehand and be like, what are yeah. you cool with? Because if I'm coming yeah. in like a psycho, like what are you cool with? Um, so yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. I, um, I know we have had a lot of fun and this has been great and we could probably talk RPGs all day, but Wiz, I do have to let you know we're at an, an hour and ten minutes. We're already at the longest yeah. show we've ever done. <laughs> I was just looking at that. I was going to say, I think, we, I think we've covered all the bases for at least this topic for right now. We probably could, like, just yeah. keep talking forever. Yeah. But um, I was looking at the clock, too. Um, do we? Does anybody have any, like, real quick final words that they want to say on on how to get new players into the into the system before we do our, our um, plugs and... and step out i mean i'll say as far as getting new players in if you know now that like how you guys said it's not as uh stigma filled to play these games mm -hmm. if if you talk about it even if you know you're at work or something and someone shows interest invite them just uh you know you know especially if you have a group that you've been playing with a while eh, talk to your group and be like hey this guy's interested he's brand new but um and at least you know help people get their foot in the door um don't be the gatekeeper i guess is what i'm trying to say with new players and and help um you know because you know your group better than anybody so if you think that person um might enjoy it uh you know help help guide them in because it could like we said about it being cathartic and all that it could be good for somebody else too so yeah just uh encourage it and you know don't push people and 
and, and stuff into into joining something they don't want to. But if they show interest, try to, you know, invite them in. Yeah, all I'd say is if you're new, remember it's fun. Like, you know, try not to be in your head about, like what Phil said earlier, try not to be in your head about what is silly and what is not. You're you're there to have fun with friends. Even if it's a stream that's going on on the internet, you're there to have fun with friends. And if you have fun with friends, I mean, that's what people want to watch when they watch those streams. That's what people want to do when they're playing. Like, just... Just go into it with an open mind, and uh, uh, I, I don't want to say commit because sometimes that's hard at first. But like, just try and have fun. Just experience a new thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and that my my final words on this would probably be, you know, um, we had already said being have an open mind to a lot of different types of games. I'd say have an open mind to a lot of different types of podcasts. There is, um, Ooh, you know, Critical Role. Yeah. Everybody gets sucked into that. Good There's call. so many podcasts out there. and there are Two Monsters Rolling Dice. Yeah, that's a good I, one. Two Monsters Rolling Dice. Let's do it. It's amazing. Um, uh, Astral Drive is a good one. <laughs> it, actually, it actually is. There's, there's some, like, Critical Role copies that are pretty big that aren't actually very good. Yeah. <laughs> Critical and, and, Role or uh, Astral Drive can hold its own with with some of those. I think it's a very fun show. Um, but like, there's so many shows out there, and there's a lot. Most of them are D and D five E. But if you look, you'll be able to find Fate Core and, and you know, um, oh, we just said it, um, the Uncanny Valley. Um, uh, that's Fate Core. Yeah, that's yeah, Fate yeah. Core. Uh, Fate Core. Um, you'll. I think there's one I've heard. Um, that does. Uh, 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 Numeria. I just heard of one that's doing system. a bunkers and badasses thing, which I kind of want to check out. The Borderlands but, game. Yeah, somebody's actually doing a Borderlands one of it. Uh, <laughs> it was in the last. The, it was an ad in the last Uncanny Valley. In the last uh, Two Monsters Rolling Dice. They nice. they did an ad for it. Roland Tell is really good, which uh, yeah. they, it's two guys who procedurally generate the entire game for themselves, which I think is really fun. There's definitely a lot of podcasts out there. Don't don't limit yourself to Critical Role. Yeah, yeah. keep exploring, and it's a great way to dip your toe into a new system. Um, so that would be my my advice for new players. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, guys, I think uh, I think we wrapped the the subject up. Phil, it was a lot of fun having you on. Yeah, on thank you, guys. That was a good good chat. I, I enjoyed it. Talking shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to plug before we close out? Yeah, watch uh, Astral Drive <laughs> and uh, TMNT and other strangeness. Both those games are a lot of fun, and. Uh, I think TMNT, it, it was already good, and I think it'll be uh, even better having our, our new player, Jackie, too, because it gives that a whole nother, you know, dynamic. And I do, I, do, I really do think three players is, like, a good, the best. A good it's number. The best. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's it's it the is. best for doing story stuff. And that, that show is doing good. We We get, like, above 40 views on that show every time we do one of those, which surprises nice. me. No, that's awesome. Yeah, don't um, fall asleep while other people are playing either. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> it's my favorite clip ever. Oh, you guys need to go find the last astral drive. I think it was episode ten. I clipped it. it at one point, Phil just literally passes out on camera. It's amazing. Uh, waking up was the scarier part. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm on camera. <laughs> oh, dude, dude. I thought I got away with it. It sounded like a cat tackled you. Like, seriously. Because <laughs> I punched my mic. Yeah, you did. And I, and I did my karate moves. <laughs> oh, God. I was... Oh, God. Okay. Um, Zach, do you have any last-minute plugs? Oh, man. He plugged the ones I would have plugged since this is TTRPG territory. Uh, I've got... Final edits a single mod. It's coming soon. It's taking a little bit longer than we thought it would, but it will be out soon. I'm very proud of it. I'm very excited to start putting out some like actual supplements for it, too. Once it releases, we're going to release it on Itch. Uh, if you want to get anything else, I would recommend Getting Over. is also created by my game company, which is a solo journaling game. Solo or co-op. Uh, where you uh, take the role of a wrestling promoter. It procedurally generates wrestlers and your league and everything, and then you get to book the matches and try and keep your wrestling league afloat, which uh, I'm very proud of that. Pro wrestling. Um, then other than that, just check out everything we have to offer. We also have a lot of game stuff. I just reviewed Starfield, so that was a lot of fun. So check out all that stuff. Cool. Uh, my last thing would be... Uh... The Wizards Respite, which is the website that uh, you can find this on. You also obviously find it on YouTube uh, with Old Man Gaming. Uh, but on the Wizards Respite, we have a bunch of articles that dive into all things TTRPG, from tips and tricks to reviews of all kinds of indie games. Um, I really love the indie game industry, so definitely try to support that. And yeah, I think I think that covers it for tonight, guys. All right. Well, thanks good. again for having me. Thanks for yeah, being here. Blast. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Uh, until next time, then, I guess. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Later.